You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio. I'm director of the Global Mission Office. Our engineers this morning are Mike. You are listening to WNDZ 750 AM. This month, we broadcast on the third Thursday of the month from 830 to 9 AM. This is a very special episode of Mission Matters, as we have with us today two people who have experienced the church on mission in Ukraine. Ukraine, in Eastern Europe, of course, has been experiencing a horrific invasion and attack from Russian troops for over a month. Our guests will help give us a better understanding of the people of Ukraine and how the community of faith has carried on in the midst of this ongoing tragedy. So I welcome Father Jose Mercia Abellan, who is the pastor of Mary Mother of Mercy Parish in the Marquette Park neighborhood of Chicago. He attended seminary, you may not know, he attended seminary in Poland and for a brief time was sent on mission to Ukraine. And Father Jose has served as a link between our archdiocese and a few mission causes in Ukraine over the years. We also welcome Alejandro Guevara, who is a seminarian currently at the Diocesan Missionary Seminary Redemptoris Mater in Vinitsa, Ukraine. He is from Chicago and has been visiting his family here um, the last few weeks, but will be returning to Ukraine. We are tremendously blessed to have these two missionaries with us today. They are just two examples of how we here in the Chicago area are connected to the communities in Ukraine and in Eastern Europe. So good morning, Father Jose and Alejandro, and thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. morning. Thank you. So glad to have you. Um, As I mentioned in my introduction, you both have experienced mission in Ukraine, either brief or or more lengthy time, Um, but you also have something else in common, your missionary formation. Uh, You're both... uh, either in formation currently at the seminary or were formed uh, as a seminarian and now a priest, Father Jose. Um, So just to kind of help us get the context, uh, in addition to what I shared in the introduction, Mm -hmm. I just ask you to sort of tell us a little bit more about your background and how you came to be um, missionary seminarian and priest. So Father Jose, would you please start? 
Sure. Thank you, Megan, and thank you for having us uh, with you this morning. Of course. And well, good morning to everybody uh, that is listening to us. Um, yes, I'm originally from Spain. I was uh, um, raised uh, in a partially Catholic family. My father was not very much involved in the church. My mother was. And uh, thanks to my mother, I was raised up Catholic. But uh, in my uh, young uh, teenage uh, experience of rebellion, <laughs> I I went a little bit far from the church. And I rediscovered uh, faith and, and the love of God through the neocatechumenal way, which is a, um, a Christian initiation mm -hmm. uh, that helps uh, the baptized people to rediscover their, their, their baptism and our call to holiness and, and to be a, a disciple of Christ. Through this uh, experience of the neocatechumenal way, I also discovered uh, this uh, vocation. I remember uh, being at the uh, World Youth Day in Santiago de Compostela in 1989, hearing John Paul II calling the youth to be holy. Yeah. And, and this was like a, like a punch from the Holy Spirit uh, calling me to holiness in a concrete way. I felt right away that this was a call to, to the priesthood. And, and there I started this journey first of preparation, then I offered myself to, to be formed in one of these seminaries, Redemptorist Mater, which are uh, diocesan missionary seminaries. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one was actually uh, in, created by St. John Paul II in Rome. Mm -hmm. And then many other bishops all over the world uh, opened this uh, house of formation for priests that would be diocesan, but at the same time willing to go anywhere to serve. Uh, the church, yeah. right? This is, uh, we were speaking before about this. This is uh, following the spirit of the Second Vatican Council that tells us that every priest is ordained for the whole church, not just for, for my diocese or for my order, but right. uh, we are called to be priests of the uh, of the whole church and in this way to show that the universality of, of, of the church. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then you came to Chicago. Now, how long have you been here? Yes. So I was, uh, you were saying before about our experience in Ukraine, in this oh, yeah. context of the formation in the seminary, uh, we, we are sent for a period of mission mm -hmm. to, to experience what mission is before we are ordained. So I was for three years in Ukraine mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. 1995 until 1998. Then I returned back to, to the seminary. I was ordained in 2001 and after four years serving, in the Archdiocese of Warsaw, um, as an answer to the request of Cardinal George, uh, Cardinal Glenn, my bishop, sent me here for a period of time. We are always sent for a time. We don't know which, uh, for God, the times are different than ours. So I'm, I've been very happy here for uh, 17 years um, already. Wow. But... The, the spirit of our seminar is that I can be called back anytime, mm -hmm. or I may stay here forever if, if Cardinal Supic uh, agrees or, or there is a need for it, right? Yeah, right. But uh, we, we don't settle down. We are always ready to go wherever the church needs us. Okay, and since seems like the church wants me to stay here, I'm 
a missionary here, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the life of a missionary, right? You're never, the journey is still going and you may be called uh, to the next place. And right. speaking of that, Alejandro, tell us about yourself. So actually, I'm from Chicago. Uh, my vocation, uh, the first time I actually felt uh, like God was calling me to the priesthood was in a pilgrimage uh, when Pope Benedict XVI came to the United States for the first time uh, back in 2009. Uh, so our parish organized a pilgrimage for the youth. And there was the first time that they spoke also about the need. Uh, it was organized. Part of it was organized by the new catechumen away. And I barely entered into one of these communities uh, where I also started rediscovering not only the vocation, but also faith more uh, in a deeper way. Uh, and it was there in this meeting uh, where I felt the calling of the Holy Spirit to uh, to follow the Lord in this path. I was finishing high school, uh, and during my last year of high school, I was also following uh, with Father Jose uh, every month, uh, monthly meetings to see uh, if it was actually a vocation, if it was not only feelings or you know emotions that I have felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after high school, I was invited to a to like a retreat uh, in Italy, mm-hmm. where by lottery they asked me if I was willing to to follow the Lord uh, and enter into one of these seminaries that there's 120, so they all over the world. Yeah. And by lottery, my name came out in Vinica, uh, which I didn't even know where that was actually. <laughs> uh, I knew that Ukraine was near Russia, there's somewhere in the east of uh, of Europe, but I don't know much. I mean. Uh, I didn't even know there was a different language uh, with different alphabet and everything. Uh, so it's been, I've been uh, yeah, 11 years already uh, since I've been in Ukraine. Wow. Uh, it's been a long formation also because it's uh, like Father Jose was saying, not only diocesan, but also missionary. Mm-hmm. So they give us some time of mission also as part of our formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks to that, I've been able to... Uh, get to know many parts of Ukraine, many cities, many realities, different realities, mm. uh, and also to experience mission, uh, to experience how God has truly the strength to change people's lives, to, uh, to through the church, to give them a, a new life. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very grateful for this. Uh, I'm already finishing the, the seminary. Uh, right now, everything stopped because of the war. Mm. Uh, but hopefully uh, we we are praying and uh, hopefully we we see the end of this war soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, I can imagine having those mission experiences will give you such hope um, that the church, you know, is is present with people um, no matter what, and that that there will be an end to this type of war or any kind of conflict um, around the world, but particularly in your backyard. Um, absolutely. And so that's interesting that you've been able to see more than just the area, um, near the the seminary as well. Excellent. Wow. Um, so now we just have a few minutes before our break, but, um, I'd like to ask sort of generally about the communities in Ukraine. You're both your experiences, um, Father Jose's maybe a few years ago, but, um, what can you tell us about the people of Ukraine? 
um, in, in these mission experiences as you're kind of walking with people in their day-to-day lives. Um, you know, what does the church mean to them? And, and, you know, how is the church present to them? Um, Father Alejandro, would you say a little bit about your experience? Sure. Uh, so as many of you know already, the, the situation in Ukraine, and many people have evacuated. Uh, but I have also seen the experience of the people that have stayed, uh, how they are truly living faith in a different way, I would say. And it's been a it's been a test for them, uh, because in front of war, in front of suffering, uh, one can easily you know doubt like does God truly exist? Uh, why is He permitting the suffering? Uh, but I've seen that the people in the Church of Ukraine, or at least the people that I know in, in Vinitsa, uh, not only uh, are being strengthened, their faith is being strengthened. Uh, because uh, for the simple fact that, uh, for example, that they pray for their enemies, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of hatred today uh, against the Russians. Yeah. And I've seen as a very big testimony of their faith that they pray for, for their enemies, uh, just like Jesus Christ uh, said to, to pray for your enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their families and communities uh, are together thanks to prayer. Uh, many have decided to stay and have decided to stay in the middle of the war. Even in the cities where there's, they're not attacking, but there's still a lot of panic. And sure. I mean, just imagine the middle of the night, the sirens. Uh, it's very traumatizing. Uh, but they're, they're continuing to pray. They're continuing to get together, to receive the sacraments, uh, and to... We hope that everything, I mean, and soon. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen that's very, very, uh, again, Jesus Christ is, is in the, it's with them. Alive. And they have this, this hope. They have this hope. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I would like to talk a little bit more about the people of Ukraine and hear from Father Jose, but it is time for our break now. Um, and so we'll be back in just a moment to continue talking with Father Jose and Alejandro about mission in Ukraine. Stay with us. the Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I feel special. 
special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office, and I'm here with Father Jose Murcia Abellan, Pastor of Mary Mother of Mercy Parish, and Alejandro Guevara, Seminarian in Vinitsa, Ukraine, but who is originally from Chicago. Um, before the break, we were hearing about um, the kind of vocational journey of uh, Father Jose and Alejandro into Missionary Seminary, um, Redemptoris Mater, and uh, a diocesan and missionary seminary. Um, to be clear, <laughs> we're learning. We're learning something <laughs> new here today about neocatechumenal way. Um, but but ultimately, and also about the, the vocation of the priesthood, that truly all priests are missionary priests, um, and, and really we're all called by baptism um, to be missionaries. To, just to add a little extra <laughs> emphasis on that for lay folks as well. but um, And we were hearing um, right before the break a little bit about, um, Alejandro was sharing about what he has seen in the communities near and, and further out uh, in Ukraine where he's studying at the seminary and um, the, the, the resolve and the strength of the communities there. Um, and, and I'd just like to ask Father Jose too, um, in your um, knowledge and your memory of the time that you spent in Ukraine, but also too with those who you've been in contact with, um, especially in, in the last you know month or so, um, what can you tell us about the communities and the role of the church in Ukraine in particular, um, maybe especially during this time? What would you say, Father yes. Jose? So my, my, my experience with the church in Ukraine was very different than the one now, right? I was, as I was saying before, I was there in mission in 1995, which was a very exciting time for the church there in Ukraine. The, the church was uh, very young, the Catholic church in, in Ukraine, after the experience of the communism mm -hmm. falling apart, mm -hmm. uh, 
first those that suffered under the communism, the persecution, they were finally free to celebrate, to preach, to, to live their faith. Right. But also there was a lot of people looking for, for an answer, for the meaning of life, for, for, for the most important questions of life that, that they saw that the communism didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were looking for, for, for a truth, right? For a hope, for a meaning. And uh, even though many of them had uh, some uh, orthodox uh, roots, but they were also listening for, for, for the good news, for the announcement. And the Orthodox Church focuses very much on the, on the liturgy and the beauty of the liturgy, which is amazing mm-hmm. uh, and very deep. But they were losing, looking for, for a word, for, for the scripture. So it was really an awakening of, of the Catholic Church in Ukraine, both the, the Greek uh, Catholic, the, the Ukrainian Byzantine Church, but also the, the, the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, so it was really an exciting, uh, an amazing experience for me these three years, seeing how the, the parishes were born from zero uh, with a lot of enthusiasm, uh, many uh, catechumens uh, receiving the sacraments, being, being baptized, and their life being transformed totally. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they, they have been growing in this, uh, and I think that God, uh, in the midst of, of this suffering, he also has a plan and has a mission for the mm-hmm. church in, 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 in this uh, time, you know, especially in this time. We were speaking with Alejandro before how uh, the church uh, has uh, the mission there to to be a sign of hope. I was speaking with a family uh, the other day from Ukraine, and I was telling them that their mission is uh, to be like uh, the three young men uh, of the the scripture that were thrown into the uh, furnace uh, Mm -hmm. by Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) I don't know if you know the story. And they were in the midst of the fire singing Mm -hmm. and praising God. And this was a sign so powerful that Nebuchadnezzar says, okay, come out, take them out from the from the furnace, uh, and nobody's allowed to speak badly about this God of theirs because uh, he is truly powerful. And, and this is what they are doing in the midst of this suffering. Mm-hmm. They are uh, speaking of love. They are uh, serving those that are suffering the most, uh, but with hope, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that... Uh, Evil has been conquered. Now we are going to celebrate exactly that Easter. We are celebrating Easter, which is the the, the victory of the resurrection. Yep. And we believe deeply that yeah, death is super painful, and it's a, it's a, it's a tragedy, and we see a lot of suffering. But this is not the end. We know that Christ rose from the dead. That He has destroyed the evil, and that love uh, is stronger than than evil. No, so the church has the mission to be the face of it, no? the, mm-hmm. the face of love in the midst of this evil that it seems to be uh, stronger right now. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the moment, it seems that way, right? Exactly. And in the days leading up to the resurrection, it did for the apostles as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a, the story of it's Daniel, right, in the uh, fiery right. furnace and his companions. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, I think that's a very good, um, scriptural reference too, for this time, for sure. Um, and you're right that I think the church, this is where the church can really, um, being present is really important. Um, I mentioned when we were talking and leading up to this interview, 
um, people were surprised for me to tell them Alejandro was returning to the seminary in Ukraine. They said, he's here, but he's going back. I must have misheard you. He's going back. But I think that presence um, uh, to just be with people, especially during a time like this, this is uh, our call, uh, the church's call, and as missionaries, um, that alone is, speaks volumes about the presence of God, uh, even in a time of suffering and, and terrible trial. Um, so now i just like to ask um, Alejandro, um, tell us a little bit about the people in Vinitsa now. Uh, tell us about that community and, and the, the, how the seminary interacts with the local community there, please. Well, the, what we're doing the seminary uh, and also our priests that have already been ordained from our seminary that are also, like I said, Sorry. diocesan but missionary, mm-hmm. uh, they were going against the current, you can say, because uh, the temptation was there when the, the war began mm-hmm. to just leave yeah. uh, because nobody knew at what moment there was going to be missiles falling. Uh, and something we saw a very big sign uh, from part of the church, also from part of the priests, that they were very courageous to to stay there mm. and to stay. And in Vinita, we have a couple of priests. Uh, our vice rector is one of them, uh, that is also a pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and they're being very active, uh, doing uh, we can say even her- heroic things, uh, helping the people. Uh, there's the, the curfew every day, mm. so. That there's many restrictions uh, and things because of the war, uh, but they're going out there to the people, people that cannot come either because of fear or for whatever reason. And the pastors are the ones going to them to uh, to give them the sacraments, to confess them, and to they're being close with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are from our side. We were helping out with the humanitarian help that is coming from Europe. Uh, unloading the trucks, uh, sending the food uh, to the needed, and things like that. Uh, but we're seeing a, a very big, uh, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of movement. Uh, but we see that these people are, uh, even though they're afraid, uh, they're being, they have a very big support from uh, from the church. Uh, and we see that as the Holy Spirit working, like, my experience is that I was also scared. I mean, you, you're saying like I'm going back there. Yeah, I was scared at the beginning. That's that's my experience, uh, and I didn't know. Uh, that, yeah, the temptation was there either to uh, to stay here or you know, uh, but it's a it's a gift from the Holy Spirit, uh, because in the end, I see that by entering into this fear, uh, in the end, I'm I'm happy to be there. It gives uh, gives a meaning to my vocation also. Uh, that it's yeah. it's worth losing my life to announce that, you, that Jesus Christ died for my sins and that he rose from that and to tell this to the people, to give them hope uh, to, to see that this is what actually helps them this is what actually gives them hope and uh, I'm happy to go back I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little scary but I'm happy to go back because I see that uh, it gives the meaning to my vocation in a sense yeah, if it's true, then and you feel that 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 calling, and you feel that this is 
this is where God wants you to be, then I think you can find the courage uh, in the midst of all this. Can I just ask, um, just for the sake of um, our listeners, Vinita, you said you hadn't heard of it. I certainly wouldn't have heard of it either. Where is that located in Ukraine? Uh, like what region? So Vinita is the center part of Ukraine. It's in the so it's like uh, 300 kilometers south of Kiev, more or less. Mm-hmm. South... Uh, West, okay. More or less 300 kilometers. I'm already thinking of kilometers because oh, there's kilometers. Yeah, okay. It would be like how many, how many miles? Yeah, like 200 something miles. Okay. More or less. Not necessarily yeah. a, center. Uh, center. Yeah. Um, in the middle of everything, in the middle of the country, but yeah. Okay. But just to give an idea of, of where we're talking about, it's a very big country, right? It's very large. Yeah. Um, Not like Texas. Something like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Um, we're going to take another break here, but we'll continue our conversation. I want to thank Father Jose and Alejandro for joining us. And um, if you look for us online to continue this conversation and learn a little bit more about mission in Ukraine, we'll be right back. charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass.
The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back. You're listening to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I have with me Father Jose Murcia Abillan, pastor of Mary Mother of Mercy Parish in the Marquette Park neighborhood of Chicago, and also Alejandro Guevara, who is a seminarian currently at the Diocesan Missionary Seminary Redemptorist Mater in Vinitsa, Ukraine. We're talking about mission in Ukraine. Uh, and before our last break, um, we were hearing a little bit about um, the uh, diocesan missionary seminary, um, the presence of the church in Ukraine in that particular area of Vinitsa in the center of Ukraine, um, and, and, and trying to kind of get a better sense of what it's like uh, on the ground in the communities and the people, uh, people of faith in Ukraine. Um, so to continue our conversation, um, Father Jose, it's been some years uh, since you ministered in Ukraine. You said it, it was a little bit of a different time back then. Um, but I know you have very fond memories and good relationships with folks, um, many friends and colleagues who are there still. Um, and I know you have a unique uh, perspective as you're seeing the news and you're hearing from people about what's going on in Poland as well, because you had studied uh, in Poland at your <laughs> seminary, uh, as well as Ukraine. And so, um, you know, one of the things I feel like I talk about a lot with folks is what do we do about it here? You know, we feel like we're so far away from it. We may have friends or colleagues um, who are, are Polish, uh, who have friends and relatives back home, but um, we feel powerless um, individually and, and as communities here to do anything about it. So I wanted to ask you, um, what would you recommend our listeners do to be in solidarity with those who are suffering? Yes. So when I first uh, heard about the, about the attack and the war, uh, the first uh, reaction was uh, sadness, um, fear uh, for those that uh, that I know that they that somehow God connected me with uh, through my mission also uh, and I think that this has been because I I heard also from many people uh, that the first reaction is is a, a, a reaction of of of, of hopeless uh, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
attitude, right? Of saying, uh, how is that possible? I cannot believe. Uh, what can I do? Like you were saying, no? What can I do? Yeah. But then after that, I thought, okay, we are people of faith. So the question here is not why, but what the Lord is calling me to do in this situation, no? What is, what is my place? How can I uh, answer to God's call? Because always, uh, I think that it's very close to the to our experience with, with the COVID pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. We can uh, get discouraged and close ourselves uh, in front of something that seems to be bigger than us. Mm -hmm. Or we can say, Lord, here I am. I don't know what to do, but I want to be your instrument. I know you have an answer to this. And I know you have a plan in the midst of all this, right? So um, first, uh, we know that we are one body, the church, but also uh, like the Pope uh, uh, in, in his uh, in his encyclical Fratelli Tutti, he speaks of, 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 the, of the community of, of all the humanity. We are all one. And it, this means that when someone suffers, we all suffer. This is also to love. Mm -hmm. It's good to suffer with those that suffer, uh, right? Mm -hmm. But we cannot just uh, stay there. So for sure, the first thing is to pray. We know that, and, and it's amazing, uh, the, the step uh, that the, the Holy Father did uh, consecrating Russia and Ukraine uh, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and inviting us all, we also celebrated this beautiful mass in the Archdiocese of Chicago in the cathedral. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so to, to pray, it's not just some somebody uh, told me, so the only thing we can do is to pray, Father. I said, that's not the only thing. That's the greatest thing we can do. Mm -hmm. We can do many other things, mm -hmm. but the greatest one for sure is to pray. To pray, to pray, because we know that it's the Holy Spirit, the only one that can bring peace. Yeah. The world, the, the peace of this world is fake. It's, it's just politics. Mm -hmm. But we know that there is a different peace, the peace of, of, of the Holy Spirit that can uh, give us the possibility to love the other when he's different. Yeah. No? Mm -hmm. So first to pray. Also, the church teaches us of, of many sacrifices that we can offer for those that are suffering, mm -hmm. those that are sick, to offer their pain for those that are suffering. Mm -hmm. no? So uh, all these things are not just some, the only thing we can do. That's the greatest thing we can do. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we are called to, to be in the communion of also with, with our goods, everything we have. God has given us uh, it so that we can love, right? Everything we have. So if some, if right now our brothers need us, we should really open our heart and our pockets right. <laughs> uh, and show Share. this love in a very concrete way, right? And welcome. There, it's amazing what Poland is doing, but also the whole Europe and also the United States, welcoming all the refugees mm -hmm. uh, because uh, they are like, like the Holy Family. Uh, I was telling some family too, right? You had to run away. And uh, there are moments in which there is no other uh, way. And, and God said to Joseph, take your family and go. Right. And there will be a moment to come back. No? And, and to welcome these families when they are um, living with all this fear, with all this uh, 
sadness because they are abandoning everything, abandoning everything yeah. they know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really uh, an act of mercy uh, and of love. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing our goods, um, donating to organizations that are providing aid, organizations that are supporting the church Definitely. in Ukraine. Um, yeah. And I know our archdiocese here has we've had a number of different drives and um, parishes and community organizations that are um, collecting, um, you know, especially emergency aid. So look for those opportunities, too. I think that gives you a sense of that, that you're connecting um, if you have no other way of, of um you know, really knowing folks in Ukraine. Um, so now uh, turning back to Alejandro, you know, you shared um, about the community there and your your yeah. colleagues at the seminary um, and the priests um, at the seminary who have been so closely in touch with um, the community there um, have been heroic, in your words, um, in their ministry. Um, I just wanted to, to also talk a little bit about your own vocation um, and how you understand this calling and that you're, you know, are returning. Um, what do you believe God is calling you to um, at this time in, in, in this, at this stage of your um, vocational formation to, as you're close to finishing? Um, how do you understand your calling in the midst of all this that's going on? So, uh, yeah. It's been a time actually since it's like my my last year in the seminary. Uh, I've already done the last uh, we call it scrutinies uh, before uh, becoming a deacon. Uh, the formators they uh, scrutinize us to see if this candidate is ready or not. Right. Uh, and I had mine actually a couple of days before flying uh, here, uh, and it was when it was decided. Uh, that my name will be presented to the bishop to see when the ordination could take place. Hmm. Uh, so I'm very happy for that. Uh, but I have to say that before that, uh, and also throughout the whole formation, there were different moments of crisis, of, uh, of doubts. Uh, and I've always seen that God has always been confirming my vocation hmm. uh, with many different signs, uh, with graces, um, there's there's certain like even uh, passages of the gospel that have been very big signs for me, uh, or, or like during liturgies that I have seen that for me uh, they have touched me in particular. Uh, one, for example, is the calling of uh, Saint Paul uh, when God appears to him uh, and he was blind, right, because of the light, right. yeah. and he. He, uh, he tells them that I have elected. He tells, uh, in English, it's Ananias, right? He tells Ananias, go and put your hands on, on, uh, on Saul because I have I have chosen him so that he can go and take my name. And then he says, to the kings, to the uh, Jews, and to the Gentiles. Uh, so when I was going through a moment of crisis that I didn't know if I, I was praying to God to, uh, to give me a sign, you know, to confirm this vocation, yeah. Uh, Lord, is this for me, or uh, should I go back home and, and start a different life? Uh, this was one of the words that I received. That was a very strong. Uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, so I believe the Holy Spirit zealed this in my heart, mm. uh, and I saw that this is what God is calling me to do. 
uh, to take his name. Uh, I have an experience in my life uh, where I have seen that truly Jesus Christ is alive, mm. uh, that he has forgiven all my sins, uh, that in times of a uh, of crisis, of uh, falls that I've had, and uh, he has picked me up, he has given me hope, uh, and he has defended my vocation also. Uh, there's been times, yeah, that I was in love, I fell in love with, uh, with a girl, and I, I, did, I was very confused. And Jesus Christ defended my vocation. And that, that is why I was still in the seminary, because uh, uh, God was very strong and very patient, too. Uh, with the studies, with uh, the missionary formation too. Uh, and so just to answer briefly your question, uh, this is what I feel that I'm called, to take his name to the people, just to, to announce this that this truth that Jesus Christ uh, was has truly risen, it's truly risen, that he has the strength to change people's lives, that even in the midst of the war, they can be happy, they can have peace, like Father Jose was saying. This is what I feel that God is calling me to. Uh, and also, uh, I, I feel that uh, there's a very big calling for the church in Ukraine to to rebuild uh, the church. Mm -hmm. Because uh, not only materially, uh, but also spiritually. Uh, this, this whole situation, all the Ukrainians that have left, uh, that, have, uh, that are starting a new life, you can say, Many of them want to come back, but it's going to be different. We know that it's going to be a very difficult situation because of the hatred that there is, because of all the, oh, mm -hmm. because of the war. No, but uh, we see that our mission is to rebuild uh, the church. Uh, kind of like St. Francis had this calling to rebuild the church when the times of crisis. Right. We see that in a sense, you know, that we're called to go there and to rebuild the church by, by being close to the people. Yeah, you have confidence that the church will be rebuilt. Um, there's a, a great sense of hope in that, too. Yeah, you're already thinking along those lines. Um, well, all right, it's time for our last break now, and we're going to conclude our conversation about uh, God's mission in Ukraine uh, in just a moment, so stay tuned. Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today.
I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office, and I'm here with Father Jose Mercia Abellan, Pastor of Mary Mother of Mercy Parish in Chicago, and Alejandro Guevara, Seminarian at Vinitsa, Ukraine, at the um, Diocesan and Missionary Seminary there, and who is originally from Chicago. And we've been talking um, about mission in Ukraine. We've heard a little bit about um, the people. We heard about uh, vocation to the priesthood, uh, being truly missionary. Um, and we also talked a little bit in the last segment about um, how we here in the Chicago area sometimes feel powerless uh, in the midst of uh, tragedies going on in other parts of the world, in particular in Ukraine. It's, it's been all we've been talking about for the last month. Um, and I think for us as people of faith, as well, I think, you know, there's a question about, well, how do I make sense of this? How can we, how in this day and age, after all that we've been through, can we still return to war as a, you know, a way of, I don't know, solving problems? <laughs> it's not the right way of putting that, but um, we can't believe that we still uh, turn to that um, uh, in the international stage. But I have one final kind of big question. Um, so good luck answering it. But um, and it's kind of the core to this whole interview, I think, which is what is God's mission in Ukraine? Um, I think that we, as as I mentioned, as people of faith, you know, we look at these world events and this you know region of the world in particular, and say, what is God doing? How is God uh, active and alive, um, even in a, a time of suffering? We've touched on it a few times in this interview, but um, I also just want to draw attention to the fact that we, we just celebrated um, recently the events of Holy Week, the Passion and Resurrection of Jesus. 
Christ. And so um, I would imagine that that speaks a lot to God's mission in Ukraine. But I would ask um, both of you, but ask Father Jose to start. What, what would you say God's mission in Ukraine is right now? Yes. So I think uh, our human reaction would be to expect God to make uh, peace by force, right? Fix it. To yeah. see those people that need to make decisions and say, hey, you change, you right. change, right. you apologize, right? Exactly. That's how we should solve problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we see, we see in the history and in the history of salvation that that's not the way God acts, right? What God did is, uh, is to become one of us, <laughs> to take upon himself the, the violence, the, the, the evil, yeah. and to answer with love. And with forgiveness mm. and bringing in this way the reconciliation by by uh, showing a love that is not uh, that doesn't come from from our human um, strength. So yes, as as you said very well, the the, the Pascal mystery is the answer, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It's Christ that it, it, Christ wanted to become one with those that are suffering uh, instead of eliminating. Uh, in a magic way, the suffering, what he did is to take it upon himself, to be one with those that are uh, suffering. It comes to my mind uh, what Jesus says uh, in the synagogue of Nazareth, right? Mm-hmm. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me, has appointed me to go, to announce the good news to the poor, right. uh, to bring uh, the healing to those that are wounded, to bring uh, hope to those that are bring freedom mm-hmm. uh, to, the, to those that are incarcerated. So this is a different answer. The answer of God is a different one than the one that we, humanly speaking, uh, would expect. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know that God <laughs> makes no mistakes and that uh, he loves us so much that he respects us in our freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's why evil seems to be right now stronger than love because he, he doesn't force us uh, to be good. We cannot be good by force. This wouldn't be love. Uh, nobody can be forced to love, mm-hmm. right? What he wants is to conquer our hearts, the hearts of every one of us. And if we uh, allow the Holy Spirit to enter, then every heart can be transformed and healed and and, and made holy, right? That's what what I think is, is the mission of God. It's, it's really... That, that we may bring this healing, uh, the physical healing uh, with all the distraction, but the spiritual healing, you know, that, that, that this uh, hatredness and war is, is, is bringing. That's, yeah, that's what's behind that. Yeah, Alejandro, your own thoughts. Yeah, just briefly, it comes to my mind something that John Paul II, St. John Paul II said, uh, somewhere I read it, I don't remember, uh, but he says something like, uh, speaking about World, World War II, uh, he said, if God allowed such uh, this uh, horrible thing to happen, it is because out of it, he was planning on taking out something even greater. Uh, so it's something that has always helped me in front of uh, how to in- interpret uh, these uh, events that are happening. Yeah. Uh, that if God allows even war is because out of it he can take out even something bigger mm. his grace always uh how do you say it, it, uh, 
overcome overcomes uh, sin. Uh, so that's that's the only thing I would like to that comes to my mind. I mean, that, that has always helped me, given us, uh, given me personally courage to yeah. uh, to continue. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's a very important thing to be um, reminding ourselves of over and over again um, in this time um, that God is greater, that that God and uh, works through even terrible tragedy to bring about something more wonderful. Yeah. Um, excellent. Uh, I think that um, you both are um, symbols of the hope of the church and the courage um, that uh, being present during a time like this um, truly, you know, it, it's what we're, we're all called to do. And sometimes I think we need um, those reminders uh, of, of people who are, um, acting, you know, living, being uh, symbols of the presence of God uh, in the middle of, of tragedies like this. So um, thank you very much for uh, clarifying all that. Thank you very much for sharing your personal stories and your own experiences with us uh, today. Um, thank you, Father Jose and Alejandro, for your courage and love that motivate you to minister wherever God calls you. You're both gifts to our universal church. Yes. For invitation. Of course. My God, keep you both safe and strong in the faith. We'll continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. I invite all our listeners to continue. It's our greatest uh, thing that we can do to pray for Ukraine and for an end of this time of suffering and war. And we ask for the intercession of Mary, the mother of God and our mother and her immaculate heart, just as Pope Francis did recently. I ask our listeners, don't forget to tune in next month for more Mission Matters Live. Thank you for listening, and remember, always be on mission. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.